Hey, I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for listening. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by the lovely people at The Podcast Host. They have everything you need to get started with podcasting, through courses, to mentoring, to helping you edit them. If you want to find out more, check them out at thepodcasthost.com. I'll tell you more later on. But let's crack on and find out what it's like being freelance for copywriter Amy Harrison. Keep it up. Keep putting your presence out there. And if you're not seeing results, don't stop publishing, but maybe change the way that you're publishing or look at the content that you're putting out there. Yes, I need income. Yes, I need money to live. But what do I really love doing? Because what you'll find is that if you follow that and if you pursue that and if you put your time and effort into the stuff that you love, you will rise to the top as someone who is doing it really well. So we've got Amy Harrison, who is a freelance copywriter based in Brighton. Hey, Amy. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for this. So how about we get started chatting about how you got started being freelance? Yeah, okay. So it was um, uh, probably back late 2008 and I was working for a job where there was a lot of pressure. It was project management for a private investment firm that were buying and selling online businesses. And it was good, but... I wanted to do something of my own and I've always had a love of writing. I studied script writing for film and TV and I just, I would go for a run in the morning and I thought, I don't want to go to the office. What I want to do after my morning run is go home and write. And that was it. That was, that was my business plan. And I thought, could, is there someone out there or maybe a handful of people that would pay me to write? That would be awesome. That would be the best thing in the world. Turns out there were, um, but not necessarily things that I wanted to write. So I spent a lot of time uh, when I first left just writing for money, like just, you know, pence per word, just any kind of content. This was back in 2008. So content, people just wanted articles on subjects. I did a lot of um, content around the mining industry, um, which was like going into a black hole for a good year. Um, <laughs> and then it evolved. Like it, it my, my, career path has constantly evolved because I'm constantly checking in and going, do I still enjoy this? And so it went from, right, okay, people will pay me to write. Now, will they pay me to write something that I'm actually interested in? And that's when I started looking at copywriting and sales copywriting and marketing copywriting and looking, actually looking at people who I wanted to write for. And so then that evolved. And I thought, actually, yeah, this is really, really good. I enjoy the clients that I've got. The work's varied. And then businesses started to ask me if I would train them to do what I was doing. And I love that as well. Got to travel, did a lot of workshops around Europe. And then from there, the current state is that I still do writing. I still do consultancy. But then I also have my own membership site, Write With Influence, where I've taken all the training materials and put it online because I want to make that accessible to small business owners uh, and big business owners as well. So that's where I am now. Cool. So... Where were you finding those first clients? Um, so first clients were my initial network, which was small. So it was people that I used to work with. They would want maybe articles for their website. Uh, I did local networking around Brighton, which, you know, people people kind of knock networking, especially writers, because we're introverted. So the idea of going and having to talk to people is a, a bit of a nightmare. Uh, but every time I went to an event, I would always come away with a client or a potential client or a lead just talking about what I was doing. And then I was 
publishing on my blog and I was doing all the things that you're supposed to do sort of 2009, 2010. So I was making myself very known online, putting out a presence there, blogging, guest posting, and would get clients that way as well. So you were being very deliberate about building up that personal brand of you and your expertise, if you like. Yeah. And it's funny that you should say that because that's actually something that, that not caused me a problem, but it was interesting because you start working for yourself and you've got this idea. It's like, I just, I just want someone to give me some money and I'll do anything for it. Back in the day, that was definitely my mentality. So had, yeah, definitely put myself out there, but I didn't have a specific offering because I would do web content. I would do sales copywriting. I'd do coaching, consulting. And basically I was just putting myself out there in sort of a, just here I am and here's some things that I can do. Hire me, please. And that would work. And I would get a variety of work, but it's a little bit of a scattergun approach. And it's hard because everyone coming to you wants something slightly different. So as things have gone on, I've decided, okay, I don't actually want to do, I don't do as much web content anymore. I'm, I'm very much more focused on sales conversions and marketing copy because those are the companies that I like to work with. And that's the work that I like to do. So initially, yeah, it, it was just here I am. And this is a flavor of the things that I do. And then it's become a lot more focused. So now I coach, consult, speak, and I, I do some writing, but I also want people to really learn about Write With Influence as well. And when you decided that you were going to sort of move into sort of more sales and marketing writing, did you sort of go away and learn those techniques or did you just give it a bash and it all came naturally? No, I, I deliberately, I absorbed everything. I mean, that's the good thing with the, the, the nice thing with writing is that there's a lot of tutorials. I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours uh, reading all copywriting books, uh, blogs, etc. But then you you get to practice that because you basically want to sell your own stuff. So you get to practice sales marketing uh, copy by writing about yourself and the things that you do. And also, I would do sometimes do skill swaps in the very early days to build up my portfolio. And this is something that I do tell freelancers to do, particularly if you're a writer, get a portfolio together. Like there's no harm in doing a couple of gigs for, for free. If it means that you've got something to show a potential paying client down the line. But I was very deliberate. I I loved, uh, particularly sales copy, conversion copy, that stuff fascinates me. So it was very easy for me to just go out, seek the materials, absorb them, put them into practice. If it feels like it, kind of evolved then into training workshops consultancy very naturally yeah people were just asking so I would get inquiries saying really like the work that you've done I've seen I've saw you on this website or I saw you teaching here could you come in and do that a workshop for our company but then did you start to push yourself forward into you know like speaking engagements or whatever in order to emphasize you as the expert and therefore why other companies would want to hire you or yeah and that and do you know that's an, another interesting um aspect of my freelance journey because for a couple of years I was doing a lot of workshops I was doing a lot of traveling and I loved it and I was again those referrals mainly came from the previous workshop that I'd done so you're in a room full of people they may need, they may know someone who then wants a workshop um and then I decided oh, that's it. That, this is all I want to do. I just want to do workshops. And then I actually found that the reality of, 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 and this is an important thing I think as a freelancer, when you are pitching, when you are going and saying to a company, I think you should hire me because of these reasons, there is, there's a, a, a you're on a different level of, of, uh, 
sort of the, there's a, there's a power shift. You're asking for something. And I found that those occasions where I was really convincing a company, look, you need copywriting training. This is what I can do. The workshops were always a bit of a struggle uh, because usually it would be a HR manager ticking a box to say that they've supplied training. And then I'd get there and find out that the people in the room didn't actually want to be there. When you cultivate and, you know, you, you, position yourself as an expert. And, and I don't just mean positioning in, in a false sense. I mean, getting on platforms, speaking, teaching, showing people that you know what you're talking about. When people approach you in those environments and say, would you do something for us? It's night and day. That is when you're going to get engaged at people where they, it's a real joy and a reward to work with. Uh, so I stopped pitching and focused more on uh, which is what I'm doing now, on putting putting that brand out there of this is what I can do, this is what I know, and here's where you can find me if you want to find out more. Cool. Now, one of the ways you put yourself out there now is through podcasting, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's one of the channels that I use. So I do, it's called Hit Publish. It's out every Monday, and it's part of the Rainmaker FM. So I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, so Rainmaker... Haven't they kind of created their own version of what WordPress is with Rainmaker? Like exactly, exactly. It goes yes. a bit beyond that. But. Yeah, so so it was born out of the people behind Copyblogger, and I know them very well. You used to write a lot of guest posts for those. Um, a lot of people behind the scenes are very good friends of mine uh, that we've known each other from working together online. And they, um, but Copyblogger Media are also a software company. And one of the things that they have is this thing called Rainmaker, which is basically a content platform like WordPress, but set up for people that want to publish content, but also want to make sales, create membership groups. Um, I'm just moving my membership site over to Rainmaker and I'm very, very excited with, with what it can do. But they also have this whole array of podcasts under the Rainmaker FM umbrella. So they have podcasts on podcasting, on writing. And mine is Hit Publish, which is about using content marketing and copywriting strategies to get you leads and then to convert those leads into customers. And how have you found the whole podcasting experience and has it bought you work? Or is it another one of those things kind of like, you know, when people discover you, they're underlying who you are sort of thing. Yeah, the, the podcast thing is interesting because it, it takes time to really get a feel that your audience is out there. And I took over the reins from someone who'd done the show for about 10, 15 episodes. And I remember she, she said that, that, you know, you will feel like it, it's, you're, you're podcasting to this abyss for a while and that there's no one out there. Um, but if you keep at it, you, and also if you encourage engagement, if you encourage people to comment, to get in touch, you start to feel, ah, there are people out there. They are listening. And what I found at the moment with the podcast, I've been doing it for only for about, well, six or seven months is that rather than it be a direct lead to clients, it's one of those, um, uh, it's, it's one of those sort of little medals that you have, uh, uh, something that says, I have a bit of standing. I, it, it shows that you've got a commitment to publishing on a particular topic. And that definitely helps when you are explaining what it is that you do, you know, to say that you have a podcast. And the, the thing that I love the most is that the podcast has to go out every Monday. 
And that consistency of publishing, if you do that, if you stick at that, that's when you see great returns. Have you found that true of blogging and everything else that you've done? Everything else. And, and it's something that I've, I, I know, but it's something that I've learned firsthand in that I know if I publish consistently, particularly with video as well, I get clients. But it's a little bit, it's a little bit like running and dieting um, and then seeing the correlation change in your fitness. There's a delay. And so what happens is if you don't get this immediate feedback or if your numbers aren't exactly what you, what you think, there's a temptation to give up and think, ah, oh, well, what's the point? It doesn't work. But I know that if I publish consistently, I get regular leads. I get, and also I get better quality of clients because it's not just people saying, I want a copywriter. It's people saying, I want to work with Amy Harrison. And then in the past, I've definitely had the cycle where I publish, publish, publish. I'm everywhere. I get a load of work in and I think, oh, this is going to last forever. I don't need to market anymore. And then for the next six months, you hear nothing. So I've definitely seen that cycle, which is why I can, I definitely firsthand can say, uh, keep it up. Keep putting your presence out there. And if, it, if you're not seeing results, don't stop publishing, but maybe change the way that you're publishing or look at the content that you're putting out there. Nice. Uh, you mentioned video. What kind of stuff do, are you doing with video? Okay, so I have a show. It's called Amy TV. And this, for me, I would say video more than podcasting <clears throat> opened up huge doors for me. With video, I definitely got direct clients. With video, I had doors open to speak at conferences. So I went to speak at South by Southwest in Austin because it's more closely tied to you and your personality. People feel like they get to know you. Now, the thing with Amy TV is that it's not a straight talk to camera. It's a sketch show. It's only about maybe three, four minutes long. That's probably the longest but it takes a couple of very simple copywriting principles and then these are acted out in different sketches. And it's, so it's comedy. And the other great thing with these videos is that because there's the comedy element to it, because there's something um, you know, funny and humorous, people will share it more than if it's, a di- if, if it's just a straight tutorial. Mm. They, they are great. They, and, and the podcast, for, for podcast, by the way, because we'll put links at beingfreelance.com, really does stand out congratulations on making it so creative to listen to do you know what i mean it's because i know how how time consuming these things can be which is what what makes me wonder about the video how much time do you have to put into those things it's obviously your script writing past that you mentioned sort sort of coming into it Do, do you collaborate with other people to make them are you doing it all yourself no i do it all myself well okay no with the video i do it all myself and they actually take uh, people think that they take a lot longer, but because I'm doing it myself and because I know exactly what I want, when I want, it, it, it takes me a really, really short time. I think an episode from start to finish, and that's scripting, filming, um, editing, and writing a blog post to go with it, it comes in about six, seven hours, um, which isn't that bad because then these videos will get shared and they have like a little life of their own. With the podcast, it takes me about three to four hours, but this includes my thinking time as well. So this includes um, 
so with, with the podcast, again, it's not just a straight tutorial. They're about 15, 20 minutes long, but then they have a couple of sketches in there as well. So I, I, I just, I love radio. I love drama. I like to give it a bit of depth. I loved trawling through sound effects and thinking, right, how can I use this piece of music? How can I use <laughs> this, this forest and this monster ambience in the background? Um, and they, yeah, they take me about three, three to four hours to, again, script to and write out the script as well because with the podcast I I do it from a script I don't just um I don't just ad lib it's more like a performance and then I work with the there's a rainmaker have an editor so then I send I edit it on my end so that it's it's logical but then I send him the um audio and then I send him the sound effects that I want and when I want them to go in and he does the rest and he's brilliant he Uh saves me a huge amount of time people listening might think that that's a lot of time though. Look, I know you're saying it's only six, seven hours, but let's face it, that's a day of your time to to working on that video um, or half a day working on the podcast. So, how do you structure your time between those things and which let's which are essentially marketing things, aren't they? Mm-hmm. To your actual client work and stuff like that. Is it, are you very structured about it? Yeah, I'm very, I'm very structured about it. So, and I'm very conscious. So I I do have a week's timetable and every week I'm looking at what, what part of my week is marketing, what part of it is working on Write With Influence, the membership site and making sure that that has um, fresh content and, you know, updating any content Um, and client work. And and this, this is something that I, I was deliberate about is that when I first started as a copywriter, it's relatively easy to be a very busy copywriter. And I know a lot of people that they are, their client work is probably about 35 hours of their week with five hours, you know, sort of marketing or networking or whatever. And I did that at the start and it feels like another job. And that's not why I left. Yes, I love writing, but I don't want to spend my whole time writing for other people because I did that and it felt like I really want to work on my own stuff. And my love is the creative stuff. I love, uh, and yes, you're creative with your your customer's work, but you can be creative with, a, with much more of a free reign. And what I found is that the more I put in to making my marketing different, so the more time, that, yes, six, seven hours, wow, that's a whole day, you get a better quality of client. You get a quality of client that will pay you more because they want to work with you because they've seen you, which means you don't have to spend as much time on client work to make the same income, if that makes sense. Mm, good. Okay. I tell you what, since we've been talking about podcasting, let me mention that this episode of Being Freelance is supported by The Podcast Host. So if you want to get into podcasting, if you want to help it to grow your brand, build your audience and all of these things that we've uh, heard about, if you want to teach people, entertain them, inspire, you know, a few of our guests, Tim Clegg, uh, Paul Boag, uh, Liz Elko, they've, they've all had podcasts and um, seen success come from them for their businesses. If you don't know where to start, the podcast hosts have a range of courses. Uh, they also have a fast tracker program if you really want to get going quickly. They have one-to-one support with the team, monthly live mastermind groups. So it's, you know, you can really get on a quick route to, to getting successful with your podcast. And if you really want to, you can use them as a podcast 
partner so that you record what you want to say and then they take all the technical work off your hands. Uh, they edit it, master it, add the music, they publish it to the world. You simply have to speak. You produce the content, they do the rest. Anyway, check them out, thepodcasthost.com. Com. Uh, since we're talking to a podcaster, do check out Amy's podcast as well. Links will be at beingfreelance.com. Um, you mentioned, as well as the whole podcast thing and the videos, your membership site, Right With Influence. When did you launch that? Uh, that was it, back in November of uh, 2000, 2014. You hear a lot about passive income, don't you? Maybe somebody creates a course or whatever it might be, but... I'm always aware that there must be a lot of work that goes into that. And then you've got to have an audience in order for them to want to buy into that. So how how did you find uh, launching that and and growing it? Yeah, so I I don't see it as passive income. And, that, and that's a term that I've always... <laughs> if someone tells me like, oh, yeah, so my plan for my business is to get some passive income in. It just it just sounds lazy. You know, the, 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 the stuff that... And it doesn't exist. Like you say, there is a huge, huge amount of work in creating something that is going to sell and sell and sell. So I think of it as scalable income. And this is the reason why I did Write With Influence, because I was doing all these workshops, but they're time intensive. And if you're traveling as well, it's not just the cost of the workshop when you're there teaching for the day. It's the time and travel to get to Bulgaria or Romania and, you know, book in a couple of sides, days extra, you know, for travel, etc. Um, with right with influence, because I already had the materials, because I'd been I'd spent two years in training companies, and each time I was creating new materials. So the materials were it, it took a long time to set up the course. Well, actually, it took me about a month to take all my materials, make sure that they were modified for the end user, so that anyone could come and use this course, put it into a coherent structure. But the beauty of right with influence is that it's scalable. So when I make a sale, the fulfillment's already done. And this is really important to me because this is this is what I want to be doing. So again, this is where it comes back to my marketing. This is why I will spend more time on marketing because I'm not necessarily looking to market, market, market. Oh, I've got a ton of client work on. Now I have no time to market. I want to market, 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 have a handful of clients that I really love who pay me really well, where the, the work is really rewarding, and then put people into the right with influence funnel because whether I make one sale or a hundred sales, the fulfillment is exactly the same. Once those sales come in, I don't have to do anything else. Do you have a community element to it though? No, at the moment there isn't a community aspect to it. And it's something that I'm not looking to develop because not in, not in the short term anyway. They, the community aspects of membership sites take up a huge, yeah. huge amount of time. I want to, and I don't, so I don't sell it as that. It is, this is a course. This is going to teach you the absolute nuts and bolts of persuasive writing. You can come in and know nothing about uh, copywriting or marketing and you can do it from start to finish. But I also have uh, professional copywriters and marketers that are customers because there's a bunch of templates in there and there's a bunch of shortcuts and there's a bunch of um, tools that will help them write the sales copy for their clients a lot faster. Brilliant. It sounds like you've really nailed your whole, uh, you know, the work-life balance that we, we hear about being creative, perfect clients, uh, the the course that, you know, that that brings with it as well. How How has it actually felt getting to that 
point. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's only taken seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. This is the first time where I feel like, ah, I know what I want to do. And it's sort of clicking into place and I've got a vision and I've got a path. Like I say, I, my, my business plan was, I don't want to go to the office. I want to work from home and I want to write. And from there, it has just been a constant process of checking in. And every year there's been something different. Every year my focus has been on something slightly different. So, you know, is it going to be video? Is it going to be talking at conferences? And I've got to, I've been able to travel and do a variety of work. But there's always been this sort of question of, you know, is this, is this really what I want to do? And, and sometimes, it is, sometimes you just have to trust that you are on the right path. I mean, there have been countless times where I've thought, right, as does just up the road, I'll go and work night shifts in there and just have a pay packet and be done with it. You know, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? I just want to work Monday to Friday, karaoke on Saturday. That's it. Um, and so you, you kind of have to just keep going and plug away and just, I think just trust your gut, you know, trust your gut instinct and think, am I happy? No. What part of it isn't quite working? What part do I love? What part do I not want to do? And I do that all the time. And then I, I'm starting to get to a point where I think, yeah, the, the stuff that I love to do, 80% of my time, maybe even more. The stuff that I'm not too keen on, you know, is a smaller percentage. That's great. Yeah, that whole... So it's not like you had a master plan from the beginning. No, I wish I had. That would be so <laughs> much easier. But it's the fact that you, you check you check in with yourself. You've said that a few times now, even early on, that, you know, often in January, people are like, right, I'm going to write out my goals. But it sounds like more often than that, you're looking back at what you're doing and then seeing what you can tweak. Yeah, and, and when I say... I think the other thing that's important is... Don't just do it by results alone because if if I if I looked at the spread of what I was doing maybe a couple of years back and I said, okay, which is bringing me the most income? By far and large, it would be the corporate workshops. Um, but if I had followed that path and thought, right, well, I'm going to forget everything else and I'm just going to pitch myself as a professional. I'm going to, you know, I won't do video marketing because it's probably not you know, it's probably not formal enough for my audience. I'm just going to do straight corporate content training, copywriting training. I would have made consistent income. I would have made money, but I would have died inside. You know, that little creative part of me would have just shriveled. <laughs> and that little girl that loved, you know, telling stories and being on stage and performing. And so you've got to look at, okay, Yes, I need income. Yes, I need money to, to live. But what do I really love doing? Because what you'll find is that if you follow that and if you pursue that and if you put your time and effort into the stuff that you love, you will rise to the top as someone who's doing it really well. And that, I think that's why my videos stand out. I think that's why the podcast stands out because to me, I'm not doing it because I think, okay, well, I need to podcast as part of my marketing channels. I'm doing it because I absolutely love it and it's great fun. And that's where you, if you pursue that, you will see results, but then those results will grow exponentially because of all the passion and time you're putting into it. There's obviously a lot of buzzes to your uh, freelance career. What would you say have been the, the challenges? Um, I think the challenges are, the challenges have been more, more mental. So um, compare and despair, 
that is a very common freelance challenge. So you're looking at your competitors and you're thinking, oh my God, they've got it absolutely nailed or wow, they're talking at this conference or wow, I've just seen their, their, you know, their advertising in this publication. What am I doing? And you, you sort of, you want to be looking at what other people are doing, keep abreast and then forget about it. Because I know that whenever I have had the biggest results, the biggest success, it's because I've looked at something that I want to do and I've pursued it wholeheartedly. So I think it's a mental challenge it's a, and it's a, it's a discipline as well because your enthusiasm is not going to carry you the whole time because there are times when you don't want to do things and you're not enthusiastic and you're feeling absolutely beaten down. But if there is still a flicker of light that says the freelance path is for me, sometimes you just have to knuckle down and keep going. And I think that is the hardest part of it because marketing, there are systems, content, copywriting, there are systems for it, but you've got to keep, you've got to keep your, your, I don't want to say soul, but you know, your, but basically, yeah, you've got to keep that, that sort of fire in, in you alive and burning and happy because otherwise what is, what's it worth? (laughs) Um, now I always do this thing uh, where I ask you for three facts about yourself make two true one a lie and let me figure out the lie what have you got for me okay first one I was the entertainment at my own wedding because we did (laughs) we didn't want to book a band Um, and I'm and so I missed the buffet and I love a buffet (laughs) me too so um, number two I was staying in a countryside cottage um, with my husband and we thought, let's make last orders for the pub, which was a 10 minute walk if you went through a field. Somehow we missed the shortcut and it took us five hours to get back. We got so hopelessly lost. And the final fact is that once I caught a mouse on one of those, I thought it'd be more humane, but I don't know if you see those. I, I used to live in, in, um, in Toronto and they have those sticky pads. So you put the sticky pad down and went yeah, with a bit of food on. And when a mouse, when a mouse gets on it, he, he's stuck and it's not humane. It's horrific. And we were so, <laughs> I was so traumatized about what, to do with this mouse because it doesn't die that's the other thing that's really inhumane it's just stuck to a pad it knows it's stuck to a pad and and mice they 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 pretty much scream so in order to end this mouse's misery i put it in a shoebox and drove over it in a car (gasps) twice (laughs) i don't know if i'm proud of any of those facts wow okay um so with the mouse, I've just got the vision. You know, like at those corporate days where people fling themselves at walls in Velcro suits. It's like that, but a lot less fun. But just leaving the sales manager stuck to the oh, wall. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody else they going should make home. those. They should make just like massive sticky pads uh, for people that, you, and you can just throw people that you don't like at them. Wow, you, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember years ago our cat bringing in, you know, like a mouse who wasn't properly dead. And it's, it's a chat, even then, it's a what do you do sort of thing. Shoebox, car, I have to remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, after the, see that, at the, that felt the most logical because there's a bit of distance there. Yeah, I yeah. don't have to look the mouse in the eye. Um, but you tell people and they just say, what, what, what was wrong with the pan? What was wrong with a good 
sturdy saucepan or brick. Now I'm with you on that. You you, you have distanced yourself with the with the shoebox and the car, if this is true, of course. Yeah, and, um, and with a bit of imagination, you're in the car and you just go, oh, huh, did I did I go over something? <laughs> oh well. <laughs> entertainment at your own wedding that's possible you did say you love to be on stage and there's nothing like being the center of attention at your own wedding cottage in a pub i mean i've got lost whilst on a walk before that's you know but then if it's ah 10 minutes but it's not somewhere you knew all of these are true right the mouse is true i'm saying i can tell that you're a cold-hearted killer (laughs) with a conscience so um you didn't you didn't get lost for five hours trying to find a pub i wish that was true because the experience was horrific um so so you did get lost for five hours yes so you were we were we were so close we were so close (laughs) but it was pitch black it was the middle of the country so there's no there's no street lights we my husband and i we had torches and we were I mean, we were basically divorced by the end of this experience. <laughs> we each had a little torch and we, uh, and also it was boggy as well. So if you can imagine, we're arguing in the pitch black, but it's oh as though we're God. both standing in a paddling pool full of custard. We're just falling around. And then it, at some point, one of us would get so annoyed, we'd turn our torch off so the other one didn't know where we were and run away <laughs> because we're, you know, we're five. Um, uh, it was awful. That, was is, so that is so the sort of thing which... used to happen to me and um, and my wife and it would always be my fault like it would have been my idea to have gone along the road yeah yeah exactly instead of on the road because he he, the next day (laughs) we were both pretty done in and I kept saying I can't believe I can't believe we we missed that shortcut and he would just I could see he was bristling and he was like I can't believe you're saying we missed the shortcut (laughs) so okay so that's true so you weren't the entertainment at your wedding? I was the entertainment at so our wedding. So the mouse story was totally made up. Ah! Okay, well, well done. You totally had me on that. Um, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would it be? I would say all those things that you love to do where it doesn't feel like work put your time into marketing yourself using those and put your, you know, follow those. So I love, I love telling stories. I love performing. I love scripting. Um, and that's where I've, it's taken me seven years to, to figure out that that's where my real strength is. So, you know, freelance is a choice and you can always go back to an office. You can always go back to a job where someone's telling you what to do, but you've got a chance to absolutely carve the career of your dreams. So I would say dream, but work really, really hard at it. Wonderful advice. Very nice. Uh, you can find out more about what Amy's up to at beingfreelance.com, of course. We'll put links to her Twitter and her podcast and her blog and the videos. And uh, uh, I mean, you actually trade as Harris and Amy, don't you? Yeah, so harrisonamy.com because, yeah, Amy Harrison com had gone oh really I st- I, yeah I still is that why you became harris and amy yeah she's she's a filmmaker in san francisco i'm still i still need to track her down and kill her and take a domain 
That's just, another story. Just leave a shoebox <laughs> and a very large yeah. piece of sticky material near her house. Yeah, exactly. Have you found, I mean, I suppose it's such a subtle change, but have you found by calling yourself Harris and Amy any different? Um, do you know what? If, if, if I'm honest, if I was going to do it again and I, and I knew, see, Harris and Amy, I wasn't quite sure what form my career was going to take. But if I knew that I was going to do content or copywriting, I would have had something like that in the title for SEO and just, you know, for ease of understanding. Yeah. And that's why the membership site is called Write With Influence. It's a bit more direct of what it is. Awesome. Uh, Beingfreelance.com will have links to all of these things, of course, where you can also check out all the other guests. Remember, even if they don't do what you do, doesn't mean they're not worth listening to. It's all about being freelance. Uh, Heaps of stuff in there. And you can sign up to the mailing list there as well. And... Uh, you know, have a look around, spend a bit of time. Uh, Amy, thank you so much for your time today. All the best being freelance. You're welcome. It was fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs>